0: Straight Jack. STRAIGHT JACK! STRAIGHT
1: JACK!
0: That was good. STRAIGHT JACK, Episode 7. We review three films, one new release, one post-2000 release, one pre-2000 release, and this week we have a theme of, can someone remind me of the thing? Private Investigators. So my choice was, uh,
2: was The Nice Guys, um, Shane Black's new buddy cop film. Bit of an ironic title, really. It, it, it unsurprisingly focuses on, on on two fellas, one of which is Ryan Gosling's rather uh, justifiably underrated uh, private investigator, and then Russell Crowe's Hitman, not the usual understanding of Hitman, but literally he just goes around hitting men kind of Hitman. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, and basically one case brings them both together. Um, and, and that is the setup, really. That's pretty much the first 10 minutes done. Personally, if I if I'm gonna talk first here, I really enjoyed this film. First thing I'll say, the poster looked like this film's going to be awful. The trailer didn't exactly convince me. Um, the fact I heard nothing about it up until about a week before the film actually came out really made me think that this film's just going to be a bit of a bit of a dud. And and I didn't like the first scene. There wasn't necessarily anything wrong with it. I just didn't really like it. And it didn't really set the tone. I didn't think the rest of the film did not stop smiling I thought it was hilarious I thought we'll go into more detail but Ryan Gosling is I know he, he's made a career of being like this good looking smooth charming guy I, I genuinely found him hilarious in this his timing is is brilliant and his delivery of, of is the, the comedic stuff in my opinion is, is fantastic and he's, I thought he, they had a nice little little bit of witty banter between the two
0: yeah yeah he's the best thing about the film I'd say or, the, or his daughter who was I thought was really good as well but yeah like you say I watched the trailer and thought I've seen the whole film mm. I don't need to see it now I thought it was going to be one of those but no it just the laughs kept coming a lot of them didn't hit home for me Interesting. but more hit home than not and I, I thought and I, it's funny I, I I was going to say this
2: point because we talked about Bad Neighbours recently And it's this idea that they literally just threw, you know... know, Everything. Yeah, I mean, literally, there was probably a joke every sort of 10 seconds or so. And and the issue with that happens is that when it is really on the nose, when it doesn't land, you very consciously think, that didn't land. And automatically, you're you're thinking negatively with this. Because the jokes... There are some jokes that are really trying to get laughs, but others, they're a bit more subtle. So then, when they didn't land, it wasn't that much of a hit that I thought, oh, there's a lot of jokes here that aren't landing. Because for me, I genuinely laughed out loud probably... Somewhere between eight to ten
1: times during this film, <laughs> which I think is a perfect amount for a film. Some of them also felt like they were comments of the era. I think mm. if we, we I think we seem to say this every week, but if we were there at the time, I think mm. we might have maybe got a few more of them. Yeah, no, I I totally agree. There were a, enough laughs. Uh, Gosling, particularly when he's in, in a toilet. I mean, there was <laughs> there's physical comedy, and it's just his face when things don't go his way, and he just he just he just reacts and he's had a very varied career he's done yeah. out and out drama art house and, and now comedy but I think he's always had it there it's just he's never been the centrepiece like he had his moments in Crazy Stupid Love but he wasn't a comedian in that film I mean, it was a funny film, but and Big Short
2: as well. Big I think short. most recently, where yeah, and we had this disagreement where I didn't particularly find his character funny,
1: but it wasn't that he was he was not doing a very good job of of saying those lines. It was more case within to that the line. film. Yeah. I mean, yeah, his his, his delivery, yeah, it, it wasn't the same kind of thing. Whereas here, it's like, go on, you two, you're the big guy, you're the you're the slightly more Weasley guy. That's, uh, that's... Let's let's play off each other. You're big and small. Let's let's see what happens. And they their chemistry is there from the off. It is, isn't it? When they're not. Initially in the plot they're not together, but then once they, the team gets together, it really come it really does come together really really well I think. And I think with with Gosling we talk about Big Short where he he's
2: he's obviously a very intelligent, good looking, charming guy. Whereas in this he's he's not that. As I mean he, yeah. he he's still Ryan Gosling at the end of the day, but. You're supposed to be sympathising with him, and therefore you're almost laughing at him, which I think is what. And you talk about his—he's a washout. He's a bit of an emotional wreck. He's been through a tough time. He's, he's a bit of an alcoholic, and and I don't usually like slapstick, but the funniest moments for me are, are some of the slapstick moments with him. You've already talked about that scene, and he
1: and he falls off of several from several high places, <laughs> which you really <laughs> almost don't ex- you you don't expect. But then it, when he go, oh, of course, where else was that scene going? But it, it works for it. it
2: yeah, the, the, and I don't know how to describe it because usually in some films you watch some of the things exactly what happened in this film and I don't find them funny in this film for some reason I found them funny and I can only put that down to him there's literally one scene where like he's pretending to be shot he's like flirting with this girl pretending to be shot and he's pretending oh you know dodging out the way to, then he literally just flips off backwards and on it's really the balcony. <laughs> yeah.
1: and you just then see him rolling rolling the comical yeah. down down the hill hitting every every bump losing his gun all this and that but
0: yeah it works yeah but Although I found the plot interesting, I don't think I cared about it. I thought that they added the daughter in... Well, it felt like they added her in just to try and make the two characters a bit more likeable. Just so that you had someone... Emotional heft. Exactly. Just so you had someone to care about. And they both did have one-on-one interactions with her to prove
1: that, like, oh, they do both care about her. Yeah,
0: exactly. And although Ryan Gosling has that sort of uh, lovable idiot and Mm. uh, idiocy about him, I still... Didn't get that that feeling where I genuinely like the two main characters. I think
2: it's interesting. It's a really good point. I hadn't thought about it, but that that idea that she was sort of the middleman, basically, because they they never really emotionally engaged to, mm. to that extent. Um, so she almost was okay. Well, if meet them both halfway, you know, if they both interact with her, then we'll sort of care about the trio rather than just those two the two main characters. Russell Crowe is Russell Crowe at the end of the day. He plays sort of that same. Um, sort of belligerent butch character that
1: he's very large (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> just yeah. to say, I think he definitely—he's a method actor but now. It's, but Got it's into very... the run,
2: <laughs> for sure. But it's subtle. He—he he doesn't do anything like Gosling has some real laugh-out-loud slapstick moments. Where with with Russell Crowe, it's much more understated, which mm. it's just which works sc- really well in the script. I yeah. think it's just more there. Whereas, but with the funniest bits of Gosling, really, are the bits where he's reacting to stuff. So there's a few <laughs> times where it's like little quips. There's this scene where he's at this um, a protest, and it's just some of his. It's almost like these natural reactions that he that Ryan Gosling's having rather than his character it's it, they're it's, not
1: they're not on the paper no I,
2: I wouldn't be surprised if a
0: lot of it was improv that's how natural it, it, felt. F- it
2: felt like that and that's I mean that's a the biggest compliment you can pay really um, so I, I, and so I just come back to it you know I just didn't stop smiling and coming out of it a little bit like everybody wants somewhere I just thought I could have just happily carried on watching that and there's maybe a bit of a setup for a sequel that, well
0: that's the thing see I definitely Which is my concern. did stop smiling oh, Okay, and it definitely felt too long to me but I mean hey I'd love a 90 minute um, but there was a, how, th- how like, long was it sorry two hours just, just, short. just under two yeah, hours yeah. and I did feel like I could have skimmed ten minutes out of there but Not, there
2: literally was ten minutes at the end where it had sort of come to an unsatisfactory conclusion and then almost like this last five ten minutes was almost it, in itself it's then sort of Took us back into it. it yeah, those films all sort of do it where they say, "Oh, all hope is lost, and we're never going to solve it." Whenever, and then bam, something comes up, and all of a sudden, they've they've hit the jackpot. And there was a bit of that, but there really was this. You know, I I agree with you in that way that I'm okay with the film ending there now. Mm. But I would go back. To, you know, I I loved it. I thought it was hilarious. I was smiling throughout. I came out. You know, really wanting to almost go back in and watch it
1: again, and and happy to to watch it again if I needed to. So. I enjoyed it for uh, as much as you, by the sounds of it, but for different, like, Everybody Wants Some. I, this, I wouldn't want it to have gone any longer. Um, I just thought it looked, it, it's it got to compare it to Kiss, Kiss, Bang, Bang. It's kind of a similar, They're similar sort of comical characters. Also is, in a way, kind of Cohen, they're trying to do their thing but they're just but people are people and they are bumbling idiots a lot of them it's just usually you get the very straight laced in the suit and these guys try and put at the front like they're especially Gosling obviously Um, and it just has never worked for them but yeah this is just thoroughly enjoyable from start to finish it's really it looks great Um, I think yeah Gosling definitely steals it and they're the cast there's Plenty of other little side characters, and yeah, his daughter. I mean, she does do a very good, I thought she was really a good. very good job because I think she was unknown, and you get a little bit of a uh, Jack Kilmer, Val Kilmer's son yeah, yeah, is son, yeah. good in a good couple of scenes. Just pops up. Yeah, I think it's it's like all of uh, the other films, probably that we will speak about later. Uh, it does have all of those parts, but it then just has that comedic. It riffs on them, and I don't think I've seen a film in this genre that does that like this before and that's why it was surprising and everyone was in hysterics in the yeah. In the and, theater, that, and that that that's the testament, that's what it's out to do, and it absolutely.
2: did that. Um I suppose it's for me to, to go first. I would give this film a solid four stars. I as I say thoroughly enjoyed it and when I think about why I watch a film I watch it to yes, to appreciate it but also to
1: to enjoy it. And so for me this is hits both notes. So for me, yeah, four. It was funnier than I thought it would be and it, it did have the noir, within that noir framework, <laughs> it was enough of that to enjoy and it did open a good interesting case with with some good action as well and yeah, it did have real real characters which is always a bonus and yeah, just zipped along at a good pace and was spontaneous enough. So yeah, solid, uh, solid four from me as well.
0: And it's a three stars from me. At times, there were very few times but there were still times when i felt like it was trying to be a little bit too deep the buddy cop trope i mean you've seen it with all the kind of the ones coming out at the moment where they are just slapstick and trying to make you laugh every second but i think this is the exact level of humor that buddy cop comedies should aim for Hmm. but at times it did verge on just wanting too much out of me but no it's three stars fair play it's fine
1: but there's nothing profound here there's nothing to learn or anything that leaves you lingering compared to the other two films we will discuss this I don't think I'll be rushing to watch it again that's really I was going to say but the opposite if I
2: could someone said to me tomorrow right you can watch one film out of these three films again 100% I'd say nice guys again because okay. it was enjoyable yeah. I think I, I laughed be, and maybe it depends what mood you're in but yeah yeah so maybe we, that's a good, that's a perfect segue into the next film,
0: which is Inherent Vice, PTA's latest. Starts off like every detective noir should. There's a broad coming into a <laughs> private investigator's office and needs some help. Did you just say broad? Broad? Yeah, there's <laughs> a broad. Um, Chinatown. They've all done it. It's, <laughs> it's a it's a common trope. Um, so this time the broad was Shasta. Shasta. Shasta Faye Hepworth. Shasta. Uh, <laughs> who asks the private investigator, Doc, played by Joaquin Phoenix, to help prevent her ex from, I think, getting thrown into a mental institute wrongly.
1: Yeah. Yeah. At, there's at there's
0: trouble. We, we It then gets into the rabbit yeah. hole. Yeah. Then we get another two hours, ten minutes of Doc investigating this, investigating a further two cases, which are filled with crime... Lots and lots of naked women and mm-hmm. lots of drug taking. Oh, and some police as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I
1: th- think that's it, Ian. I mean, I'm probably the wrong person. To go here. <laughs> <laughs> this, here we go. Waxing it, lyrical. This did this did come out in January last year, and it uh, f- it staved me for the I've only saw it that that one time, and it was it was comfortably the best film of last year by quite uh, some way for me. I've seen it. Yeah, I've seen it since uh, I rewatched it for this, but. It, yeah, there's just so it's it's technically perfect, as we, as PTA's last three films have been. Um, whether you're a fan or not, or whether they do actually mean anything to you, technically they are they're perfect. I mean, this Johnny Greenwood's third, three out of three for scores. You've got Whacking with yet another fan, a very different performance, completely the opposite performance for, to the from the intense uh, mentalist of the master, and here you've just got a man just just he's in it, the, the 60s is over it hasn't panned out they're all just trying to he's trying to find his way through he's just he's just very off his face he's very pranged out the whole time but he's just a very good guy naturally amongst he, despite being in a constant stupor he's actually a very he's actually very bright and he's very likable and he's just he's trying to worm his way around this very again very 70s uh this this world that's just checks a lot of uh, curveballs at him and he just tries to find his way the cut the ensemble cast again I think Hail Caesar I think I'm not sure if you guys touched on it but great ensemble cast but spread its brush far too thin you don't get enough you don't get a feel that any of those the Ralph Fiennes the Joan Hills that are in one two scenes actually meant anything here you can just see Reese Witherspoon or Benicio Del Toro for a few scenes and you feel like that they're a part of it I think this is everything that every noir has been and sort of has aspires to do it's got all of the the scenes and characters that you would expect to see, they're just a little bit, uh, there's, the plot is, is just, yeah, simply not the integral thing here. I know that's obviously been the main criticism for it, but PCA has said that it's meant to be impressionistic. What he remembers about films is colour, texture, you know, things that just, the best, the holy moments, the things that stick out. And here, you've just got some really, really wonderful lots of great scenes characters and moments scenarios sewn together hilariously with just yeah a timeless look I just I just think it's the best thing ever but the more I talk on. about well, it it's it's lingered with me for over yeah a year and a half now and I just can't get my head around how,
0: how impressive it is I think I sit on a bit of the opposite side of the table was from this you the yet. first time you'd seen it can I ask before you say anything this was the first time I'd seen it Yeah, I watched it twice at the weekend. I watched it the first time, and I didn't like it. But I was so keen on liking it for your sake. I found it very confusing. I thought Joaquin Phoenix was genuinely the worst thing about the film. I thought everyone else was nailing it. He, there was just no conviction behind him. He was stone
1: the entire time that is but, th- but I, th- I mean his character <laughs> and then that is very much that's obviously made very very clear it's quite an integral it's called a stoner comedy noir I
0: think is what oh, they, but they make it quite they make it quite clear that he's stoned all the time yeah. but that doesn't, that but doesn't that excuse would have, bad acting
1: oh no it, it would affect his his delivery and appear to be sort of glazed and not really as present as a lot of the others are not in the same state but okay I'm um, going to just try and fight yeah, back yeah no please do all please. Via, but keep going <laughs>
0: um, <laughs> uh, I didn't expect it to be so Tarantino-y either and I wasn't sure I quite liked it, it not so much the violence but there was a lot of a lot of cussing and a lot of nude women and a lot of lewd dialogue which again scenes felt dragged out to me at times there were some five plus minute scenes which just
2: it's interesting you say that because I, I almost it's a perfect epitome of how I feel about it I'm sort of split between you two because there are some really long scenes as you just articulated there where it start the camera starts quite far out and then it just really really slowly just zooms in as the as the conversation carries on and on and on sometimes it that is perfect because it just builds the intrigue and you're like this is fantastic dialogue i'm enjoying this conversation other times it's like when is this scene going to bloody well end it just doesn't it doesn't quite work so for me when you say technically perfect i think there are some elements that are absolutely great and then other times when it's the same sort of trick it's not trick but you know the same sort of technical uh, method yeah Yeah. (laughs) technique that's the word um (laughs) that, that doesn't quite work yeah. I mean, whacking Phoenix, I didn't even realise he was acting. It's just whacking Phoenix, isn't it? I mean, it's just a classic. <laughs> From I'm Not There. It's or just... I'm still,
1: is it
0: I'm Still Here? I'm Still Here, I'm still yeah. here. yeah. But it's complex. It's, it's a complicated story, I think. But not so much that the twists excite you, for me. It, there were, the twists were just like, oh, okay, that's happening now. Whereas Nice Guys, the twists were quite like, oh, that's interesting. And the film we're about to talk about next, Blood Simple
2: twists every second but i think with with blood simple which we'll come on to it's the dramatic irony of the audience knowing whereas in so so we know we're finding the characters out. don't know yeah. okay but whereas in inherent vice we are pretty much learning as as doc is learning as he does yeah um, and and for me i think it's it, it's a complex story which one of the first time i watched it i definitely fell into the trap that you described earlier you know with the riffraff of why have I just sat through two and a half hours of this? I have gained nothing from this. But it, it left that that little thing afterwards of, I want to see it again, because there was something about it that, that really intrigued me. And then, obviously, for this for this podcast, I have since rewatched it, and I appreciated it more. Now, it's still not okay. in your camp. But I don't, I'm not sure if I'm as negative as, as you are in your camps, because for me, it's a complex story. I think, you know, he's going through and talking to people. That seems to be his only method of investigation, just talking to people, which it's an interesting method but you know
1: you'd like to think there's more but behind it's, it, it, it Gosling, Gosling admitted it in The Nice Guys he said what did he say like uh, 95% of his day is just chatting to yeah. to idiots and then waiting for the sun to uh, go down <laughs> yeah. that, it's just going around asking questions and trying to trying to find your way it's probably more realistic but to me that was less enjoyable
2: and I think for me it was like, like you're sort of going through this this journey of this weird sort of trippy high world and, and you're not really quite sure what's real what's a dream what's mm. profound what's relevant so for me it sort of took me out every now and then uh, that I didn't quite appreciate it I wasn't quite engrossing it as I should be albeit as I say second time around watching it I did enjoy it a lot more and I did appreciate it more but it still came to a resolution that I didn't think was completely fulfilling for me I didn't mm-hmm. didn't come to the end of it and think that is you know a real satisfactory ending to what has been a really you know Emotional roller coaster of a ride, but again, it's supposed to be impressionistic, and maybe that's something that I that I missed out on. I can't believe no one has mentioned Josh Brolin. Is there anyone better at eating or doing something whilst acting? It's incredible. This, Moto panacaker. I mean, I, Josh Brolin. We talked about the Cones We talked about Hell Caesar. Like he's the best thing about that. He's the best <laughs> thing about this. By a country mile for me, he's just he's so good at these these little roles and even there's this one film that he's at home and he's on the phone to Doc and then his wife comes in and just completely emasculates him and, and he just, Josh Broden he's such a good character and he's eating like these frozen top, bananas frozen bananas yeah. yeah and just I don't know his physical acting whilst talking and, and whilst just engaging in conversation it's so natural it just, it just feels as if he, they've just turned the camera on him when he's in rehearsal and he's just naturally just doing what he's doing he's just mm. being Josh Broden yeah, I think for me, it's um, it's a, it's, a, it's a good film. I thought when I first watched it, it wasn't a good film. I didn't like it. I think I pretty much was exactly, as you said earlier, You know, I didn't understand why I had to sit through two and a half hours of this. I think if you just get your head stuck in the maze, I think you're just going to be there forever. And for me, it just, I think
1: it, it needed a second watch for me.
2: Yeah. I mean,
1: you sounds like the first watch was enough for you to say, this it, is an absolute classic. I mean, no, I mean, I, I certainly sat there. I, I think I spent quite a, quite a lot of time re- just rereading... The plot through afterwards, but I mean, it, it, it took time for it to sort of permeate and to settle in. Did you, did you guys get the comedic? I thought it was absolutely hilarious. There are, there are. I would got- say, I'd say it's genuinely f- far funnier than the nice guys, which is an out and out co- like, I,
0: I was just giggling with sheer glee throughout. At okay. least, like a lot of this. I anyway, mean, two I, and a half hours. I laughed once, and that was at the, the frozen banana when he's <laughs> sat in the car eating his frozen banana. And Joaquin Phoenix's face in the background is just like, you can't believe this guy. Not even Joaquin Phoenix firing off around, stumbling back.
1: He's just made a. Uh, he's in a very sticky situation. He he's is, got handcuffs yeah. hanging off at him, and he just shouts down the, the, the stairs, D- Did I hit you? Like, <laughs> it's, it's perfect. <laughs> is there no. Uh, I'm trying to. Th- for me it's and again
2: I think I might say it's every single film but the second watch which I think everyone should watch this film again because I think you'll probably see different things I then it almost then is a bit of a litmus test for me and says you know what actually you were too severe last time I've watched it again and you know what I can appreciate where it's good but for me it still doesn't quite work yeah would you (sighs) yeah I don't know. You still you don't feel on. You sounds like you're not. No, because I remember
1: having a conversation with uh, just a client, <laughs> and they, so they they we got talking. They were like, "What's your favorite?" and I was like, "Inherent and and Vice, above and beyond." Every there have been some really great films, but this was the one that's stayed with me on numerous levels. And he went, "Oh, it's just a load of self-indulgent." And then I thought, and then I I went, "Okay, I'm not going to argue with you. I mean, you're you're a client, but <laughs> I went away and thought about what that means and self-indulgent. It's him making a film for him, and I think." I think t- I think he. I don't. I don't know if I say this every week. Like, you mean I mean, PTA. PTA. Okay. I think he might be the best current uh, American, at least English language director. I mean, he's on a run of There Will Be Blood, The Master, and the- I mean, he's never made a bad film. Um, and I just, I just think it. I, yeah, for, in my eyes, it, it's flawless. And I did, uh, I did subsequently for, uh, for this podcast look up some of the reviews and people saying things like, you know what, but it, it's this is a cult I didn't really enjoy it but this is going to be a cult, a yeah. cult classic and you think about th- we're in the era the first ever era of manufactured cult classics your, your sharp days where they've set out <laughs> from day one we're gonna make something that's just gonna have this niche audience and that's how we'll market it and this is so not that but I think that will it, it's it's not for everyone I think he takes a lot from uh, the uh, the films of uh, Robert Altman I think the long goodbye. Is the biggest, uh, he says, the biggest influence on this, which is quite similar and just—it's it, quite similar to Nice Guys. You know, just gets caught into a case and just meanders round, and it, it's very funny. Um, I haven't read the Pincher novel as well, which apparently is, was called un, Unadaptable. It just goes with it, and it just just gets swept up in everything. And I just, yeah, just, I just. Can you? Have you got any anything to add, Robbie? Any?
0: I thought it was I didn't think it was self-indulgent at all I just felt like it was very very confusing not unnecessarily so it had to be to portray what he wanted to and he isn't making this for a mass audience at all Uh, Mm. you know at this point he just does what he wants he does the projects that he wants exactly and I think he set out he, he made the film he set out to make I just didn't enjoy that film it's two stars for me
2: it's a really good way of putting it I think I'm more of the mass audience than I am I suppose a, a critic in that way so for me i probably did fall fall short but for me as I said
1: second time around' watching it i uh, i liked it a little bit more so I'd go with three three stars and yeah I just think it's a a wonderful uh uh those uh those rugs the uh it's just it's just a collage Ooh. just perfect little tiles of just all of these of everything i just think you want to see in this 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 genre um just every, just every little scene it's just got its own little glint of humor, magic, poignant, poignant drama. It's it's just all there. It's and let's not forget Johnny Greenwood's perfect perfect score. Yeah, it's just a, it's just a five. It's just a perfect five. And finally, on to the third and final, the classic uh, this week. Uh, gone for the Coen Brothers 1984 debut, Blood Simple. Q Carter dun, 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 Burwell's dun. wonderful score there. Um, so yeah, this is it's it's a it's a debut uh, and like a lot of the American independent debuts of the time, it's it's a very simple story and it was just a calling card for these new directors just to get their their style across. Uh, and you have Frances McDormand in I believe her first at least her first starring role. Um, she looks so young. And she does because it, 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 you're so used <laughs> when to seeing yeah. uh, where she's been, um, and she she's being she's being followed at the very start by a private investigator hired by her husband. She then uh, ignites an affair with uh, someone that works at her husband's bar, and from then on, the the husband gets sour as a result and decides he want he wants rid of them. And of course, like all Cohen, all every single all twenty films that would follow people do make mistakes and human error and people don't communicate enough and as a result accidents do happen <laughs> if there's one thing to take from this film it's that accidents can and will happen um, and yeah it's just a very gritty uh, neo-noir um, that yeah how how did you guys feel about this one chaps?
0: I I do think this is the uh, for me the perfect kind of neo-noir film it's the opening five ten minutes are absolutely outstanding is it where they sat in the car it's just very it's at night yeah. it's just dark so that yeah. it's, it's right, almost okay.
2: always dark and then it's sort of juxtaposition with this sudden beam of light of in loads <laughs> of different frames That's it, sorry, coming through yeah.
0: windows and stuff but it just it sets the tone really well um, for the rest of the film it's thoroughly enjoyable the twists are all mind-blowing it's my favorite cohen brothers film it's really i don't know it's intricate it's but easy to understand at the same time and that's what i need it's given the title it is
2: incredibly simple yeah it? i mean when i talk about nice guys being simple this could not be more simple you've got about four five at a push characters one plot line and that's basically it, and it's 90 minutes long. It could not be... It's a perfect first film, really, for any for any mm. debut. Close your curtains and lock your doors. That's not. I'm not saying that to the audience, sorry. <laughs> I'm saying in the film, the film would be about a minute long if that was the case, because there's no story here whatsoever. Yep. If they close the curtains, it's like, what are they doing sleeping with their curtains open and their doors unlocked? I think, what are you doing? And she moves into a new place that hasn't even got curtains. I, it's just like, what... Uh, so I didn't know. I didn't really know how to, how to deal with all of that. It was difficult for me to get over that. But um, that was... You know, I, I did in the end, but yeah, it's such a straightforward film. Really similar with the cones. You know, there was this weird, sort of brooding atmosphere where something's not quite right, and you know, well, actually, no, it's not usually with the cones because the cones is always a little bit of lightheartedness to it. Whereas this, maybe I think, because it was their first film, it there was it really was quite dark. There's some pretty gruesome, not gruesome, but well, no, yeah, actually, genuinely
1: gruesome moments <laughs> where you do think, you know, that's 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 pretty grim. It's dark in both sense. I mean, visually, yeah, I, I've never yeah. seen a film. Only upon rewatching it uh, a couple of days ago, is it so much of the frame is I've never seen it so black yeah. like, that's not shot in black and white. It's just and just it's just moonlight, sparsely yeah. lit over their faces. But I, you touch on atmosphere. Just to interject, um, that's what this was something I watched in the first year of film studies. It was recommended by a lecturer. And I didn't know. I'd seen some of the the popular, a couple of the popular Cohen films, but I just, I've never, I've not, still not seen anything since that captures, that bottles up such an atmosphere. And I think it's something that David Lynch does very well. It's just these, these shots. You just see a car, and you just see the uh, the white markings. You just see they're going out, and it's this Texas, and it's anything. I think the opening a voiceover says but this isn't that place, this is Texas. Yeah. And, any, and it's just, I've n- I've never been to America, but I imagine it's si- uh, the country roads are a bit different to those of, of Swindon, that, that you might not see anyone for quite a while. And it's just this big, black, open space with this, the most phenomenal classical piano score. Yeah, the score's Anything, it, it really reminded me of, uh, I think it was released near enough around the same time, The Thin Blue Line, the documentary. BBC, <laughs> <laughs> the Errol Morris documentary, which was the first documentary to use reenactment, yeah. and it just portrayed yeah a police shooting, and you just get this: all you need is the sound of a footstep on tarmac, a car door opening, a gun going off, and deathly silence, and you've got and you've just got something special. It's so, and it is it's the art is the simplicity, and maybe that and that was because they had 1.5 million that took them a year of
0: going around and begging for, I mean, there was was no money to spare. I read a story today that they, I mean, I've read it on Wikipedia. (laughs) That's fine. They couldn't even, couldn't find the funds, the 1.5 million that they knew they needed for the film. So they wanted to make like a a quick short starring those two, just to kind of like a promo to get people to invest in the film. But they knew they needed equipment for quite a while, at least four days. So they rented it out. The day before a public holiday, knowing they couldn't return it until yeah. four days later, and I thought that's brilliant. Yeah. That, I, I laughed at that today actually yeah. as well. I independently read that. I, I always, always, always say, Ian, you can't, you can't be, you can't rate a film highly because of how it's made. But it is things like that that make you think. Ah, oh, you know, <laughs> five stars. Guys, yeah, yeah. <laughs> these guys love their craft. They really
1: wanted to make. This film, they, they, they believed be in filmmakers. themselves, g, g, they knew that they could do it. And you look at the finished product now, and then you think, But oh, they did they have humble beginnings?
0: Yes, they worked them, mm. them themselves off. It, I still can't forgive them for Hail Caesar, <laughs> but, <laughs> but to bookend, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, no, it's stunning, it is great.
2: I think you mentioned the footsteps as well, like the little shuffling little foley sounds in this i don't know whether they're really pronounced because that's just what the time when was this made 80s 84 I mean? yeah yeah where, where maybe just technology hadn't quite and mixing you know hadn't quite got to the fore back then but and it's really quite obvious as well. yeah, yeah it's yeah. really quite obvious but it sounds fantastic and it really <laughs> builds the suspense especially towards the end when you can't really see the characters you can only hear them and you're really wondering where they are and how they're going to come into the sort of the shot on the frame um and then also I thought I'd quickly mentioned the actual private
1: investigator as well, who I thought was sort of great. he probably he was one of my very, favorite characters. The other characters, they all had their, but they were all quite simplistic. Whereas he, yeah. he had a he has a, a an, an evil streak, he's he's laughing a lot he's of the laughing, time in yeah, a very yeah. sinister way. He's hanging out, <laughs> in he's, a hanging really out sinister way, he's hanging out on Makeout Out yeah. Creek yeah. With, with some fifteen year old. <laughs> <laughs> There's a bit when he
2: says, um if it's legal and, and the pay is right, I'll do it and then he says, Oh, it's not ex- entirely legal and he, he changes his sentence and says, Okay, well if the pay's right, I'll do it. It's like, <laughs> well, a great line to just you know, epitomise that, that gentleman himself. You can almost you know? imagine
1: gosling being like, Well, you know, if the if the money's if the yeah. money's right then <laughs> But he'll he'll he'll
2: mess up the sentence and he'll say it wrong or he'll fumble yeah. it or something. But <laughs> No, I, I did I did like this film, I think, considering um They've they've got a pretty hefty back catalogue, which which is impressive in the way that some directors make the same film over and over again. The sort of the Mumford Mumford and sons of, of film direction, but <laughs> the, they these guys, they, you know, they do they do twist it up a little bit. And yes, this is their first film, so you've got no. I suppose if I put myself in the shoes of someone who'd never seen a Coen brothers film, never even knew who the Coens were, then what would this film be like? Not knowing everything obviously, ever, ever not knowing everything that I now know. And I think this is a really inventive, innovative sort of debut film, and I know I, I, I really enjoyed this. Well, didn't enjoy it. I thought it was a really good film. A Really good film.
1: It was. I was. And again, the atmosphere. I was. I watched it in the dark, and I was. There were moments. It's a where good shout. I, I didn't watch it in the dark. I forgot good. plot points. And I was sort of trying to catch out. I was like, it can't be as good as I remember. It can't be that good. I was thinking, does do it do, yet? Yeah, all the plot points. It all. Adds up like what makes some of the Coen Brother films so good is that they are very feasible plots that just yet yeah, people do. Yeah. Silly things, or There's a miscommunication that's so legitimate that then leads to something quite horrific. It goes from naught to, yeah. and people have to make decisions that they never dreamed. They never dreamed they'd be in this situation. They're at the wrong place at the wrong time. And it, it just does that so, so well. Um, and let's not forget the use of the four tops. Uh, the recurrent <laughs> is I mean if there's ever a song that gets you up and you start clicking <laughs> clicking your uh, the same old song by the four top start, start clicking around the lounge and then you're brought straight back down and it's yeah and all the way up until the finale that's just this just I don't know how you describe it as like a final just down to the final piece of sound design and the final image is just I've never seen a final image that's yeah just
2: but it is this chain reaction and now that you've said it it is this chain reaction of one emotional irrational decision that someone has made in sort of in bad faith and in and on lack of information or or, or b- based that decision on an assumption mm. that then just cascades and to catastrophically into a whole host of other decisions which then just the domino, sort of the domino effect. effect then yeah. um and uh, and that's what makes it really humanistic to say you know would i have made that decision if i had done then exactly what happened would have would have exactly what would have happened kind yeah. of thing. so yeah you've got to commend it yeah, it's probably a four star i think it's probably a four star i if, if the reason i'm hesitating is because I'm, I'm wondering if it's three or four star not four or five okay um but uh, yeah I, i'm gonna i'm generous i'm gonna give it a four star sue me <laughs> oh. <laughs>
0: Don't want me to call you cynical. <laughs> no,
2: no, no. If you bloody give it a three star now.
0: <laughs> uh, it sets the bar very, very high for me when it comes to neo-noir. And I don't think anything has come close to it in the last 30 years from what I've seen. What? Uh, neo-noir wise. I would agree. Um oh, And I would go five stars. Wow, that's a turn out. Fantastic. Turn out.
1: Yeah, I mean, from the... From the first first time I saw it, I think this is probably the th- third or fourth time, and it it is uh, having seen all the Coen brothers films, uh, this is still this is this is the one that all of the every single new one, th- th- the new one that comes out does get compared to from it in my mind, and it's amazing to think that yeah the one they it took them a year to gain to get 1.5 million that features no one other than Francis who would go on to be pretty good. Um, yeah, it's just the the uh, there are a few films that have bottled up an atmosphere like that, and it is still in my all-time top ten. And yeah, just it's another another wonderful film. Great choices, guys. Five, how,
0: five stars. <laughs> how they do so much right with so little amazes me. It's inspiring. Very good. On
1: to next week, two weeks. I'm on the new release, and I'm going for Wit Stillman's long-awaited latest Love and Friendship a period drama believe it or not <laughs> which one very who can believe that <laughs> uh, with the theme of uh, strong female leads Was it strong I, I thought it was manipulative manipulative female leads uh, who was on the uh, post 2000 uh, I was on the post 2000 and probably the most obvious choice for
2: this
0: which is exactly what I'm going for is is uh David Finch's Gone Girl and I am going for the 1981 classic Body Heat (laughs) (laughs) from from, have you seen it Uh, I went to watch it the other day and I had had, uh, network connectivity problems right okay but I'm very very excited to see it from the writer that brought you Star Wars episode 5 6 and 7 is it Kazdan it is Lawrence Kazdan yeah genuinely never heard of this film uh william hurt and kathleen turner are the two yeah. main characters. it's a it's no it's turner,
1: an erotic, it's an erotic neo-noir isn't it
0: hello yeah. <laughs> oh, oh. <1918. laughs>
2: john getz is stunning as well by the way ray yeah he's a good looking oh. boy have you seen him he's in the fly as well and he's uh, he's got more of a beard in the fly yeah my god that can that guy pull off a beard <laughs>